Hey family, welcome back to episode three of the All Things Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to cover the topic of my story. The month of November is 22Q Awareness Month, and I thought it would be fitting to share my 22Q story and have my family members be our special guests for the week to share how my diagnosis affected each of them. I suffer with a medical condition known as 22Q 11.2 deletion syndrome, also known as DeGeorge's syndrome. This condition has over 200 plus illnesses and has the power to affect every organ in one's body. Today, every organ in my body is affected one way or another. I have suffered with relatively rare medical conditions since birth, starting with my kidneys and having a blockage in my right kidney, leading me to be diagnosed with hydronephrosis and nephrocalcinosis. We saw every doctor possible under the sun at Miami Children's Hospital and Hollywood Memorial. Despite all of my health concerns, I was still able to live a normal life. Thank you to God and the amazing people that surrounded us and continue to surround us and fight with us every day. When I was 12, that's when things got intense quickly. I had my first grand mal seizure and was in Orlando at the time competing for baton twirling and taken to the emergency room. Tests were run and I was diagnosed with hypoparathyroidism and hypocalcemia. I came home and had to go back to the hospital because my levels wouldn't stabilize. Fast forward to my diagnosis at 15 years old and after my third grand mal seizure. A doctor on staff at Boca Raton Regional Hospital said, I know this is rare, but I think she may have something called DeGeorge syndrome. Sure enough, we got the blood test done and came back positive. After the diagnosis, we made several trips to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, where they have an entire 22Q clinic. We again saw every doctor possible and got so much information. Starting high school with a newly diagnosed medical condition was not something I had planned, but with God, he made it absolutely absolutely possible, and I thank him. I have a documentary of the entirety of my story in a YouTube video. If you would like to hear and see the rest of it, just search my first and last name, Christina Buckholtz, and you will see it. Something our family has never really done is actually sit down and talk about how my diagnosis diagnosis and health affected them because when you're diagnosed it's not just something that affects me but it's something that affects the entire family so let's go ahead and turn it over to my older sister Tanya and the first question is how did you feel or react when I got sick hi all um so when you first got sick, um, and we were at Wide World of Sports, it was when I first saw you collapse, it was like, honestly, the very first thing I thought was, what is she doing? Like, I didn't know it was something serious. I thought you had just fallen over because you, you know, we were stretching. So I thought you just fell over because you were tired of being silly. And then when I saw foam coming out of your mouth, I freaked out. (laughs) I was like on my knees right next to you. And I was like, Christina, because you obviously your eyes were not open. And um, 
then when I realized that you weren't waking up and everybody else was there, I ran. Like, I don't even know how fast I ran, but it couldn't have been like more than two seconds to get into the gym. <laughs> I was running so fast, but it's like, you know, wasn't thinking, it was just doing type thing. So um, I went in there and I remember I was at the very bottom of the stairs and I was looking up at mom and I was like, hurry, you gotta get in here. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it was like, I, honestly, I don't think I really felt anything until we got to probably the Celebration Hospital. When we got there and you were awake and changed your clothes. Um, but that was when I started to realize, like, oh my gosh, you like in, in it, you don't realize the severity or you don't notice or realize what's happening and then when you're like sitting down it was like I just started freaking out and that was when I had my first panic attack so yeah thank you very much yeah I was had panic attacks for many years until I realized how to like why I was having them and how to deal with it but I didn't know how to deal with your sickness and that was how it came out was panic attacks until I learned but yeah so lots of panic attacks because you don't know and that's just for me it just bottled up and so when she first got sick you felt scared yes everything well not at not at that moment because I was too overrun with what do we do but yeah it was like every emotion like I was crying I was mad I was upset I was like, but I wasn't showing it. I was holding it all in. Like, even when I went to Linda's, because I went and stayed at her house for, like, four or five hours to just clean and stuff. And even there, I didn't cry. It was like I was just holding it in, because I think I thought if I showed emotion, that meant something bad was happening, you know? But, um, but anyway, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Well, thank you for sharing, because I know it's not easy going back to such dark times, but that just proves that our courage is so very strong. And I hope this podcast in, encourages other families um, to not wait as long and to just kind of go for it and talk to your families about how each of you are affected, because it really, as you'll hear throughout the podcast, it's really the entire family and all of your loved ones are affected. Um by this and going back to um, what my sister was talking about back in the emergency room, I remember waking up and my director um, being there too and I was like, the first thing I said was, did I miss the competition? And that is a very typical response of something I, w <laughs> I would say and she was like, I'm sorry, you did miss the competition. Um, uh, but let's go ahead and hand it over to my mom. Hello there. This is Christina's mother, Deborah. And so, like Tanya had said, we were all in the gym that way. Well, let me preface first. Christina's been, had illnesses all her life. 
and from the time that you I was still pregnant with her until all this came together then finding out that it all came together when she was 15 and we figured out what was really going on with her why she had all those illnesses well when she had that first seizure that day I was actually sitting in the bleachers and um, it was like you know how you have a slow motion slow running something it's like I felt something and then uh, like anxiousness and then Tanya comes running out hurry come down come down and then I really didn't know what was going on till we were getting into the into the area where they were practicing and I remember like running to the point where I couldn't run anymore because my heart was beating so fast and I couldn't breathe. Well, all I knew is that I had to get over to Christina because she was sitting there and a very dear friend of ours was holding her, trying to wake her up, trying to wake her up and smacking her in the face and trying to pour Gatorade down her throat. And um, she, um, the paramedics came at that time, but they were really not paramedics, but emergency responders for the wide world of sports. And so they said, oh, we see this all the time. It's probably low sugar and give her some more Gatorade. And um, at that point, we Christina started to wake up and we needed to get her down a couple floors to the where their clinic would be. So um, Debbie Dingle, her gracious person, picked Christina up and flung her over her shoulder and took her all the way down to the clinic over there and here we're still thinking it's at that point um, that she is low sugar so they call us and decide that by looking at her and her not coming back through yet that we should go to this clinic in celebration Florida there um, for them to kind of look at her and see if it's low sugar they can do a couple tests so we get there and they took blood and looked at all this stuff and said no she needs to go to the hospital so um we did the ambulance i don't know if we did yeah and ended up in celebration hospital in the emergency room so they did more blood work and the doctor comes in and at this point she christina had woken up a little bit and was a little more a little more with it so we're there and the doctor comes in and looks at us like who's her family who's her doctor and I said well Dr. Blanco in, in Boca and I and he said well what's his number so he gave him the number and all that and then he came back in and was saying that her calcium was so seriously low that um, she was having a seizure and that's why she had the seizure but her calcium levels were dangerously low which was her regular calcium and ionized calcium and so then they ended up saying um, when it got to be a little bit later we're just you know talking and the doctor said um, we're gonna keep her so they decided to keep her and then towards the middle of the night they had to take her by ambulance to a different hospital because um, her levels were affecting her heart and they needed to take her to a full service hospital so we ended up at the other hospital and um, 
they admitted her and so the way I felt was I don't know I was so panicked that um, and upset I would just cry I'd look at her and all Christina kept asking me was she gonna die and I said no but we didn't know it was a really scary time and I guess it was pretty scary because when Carl ended up coming up there because I told him I needed him and just the look on his face was holy shit but he looked at me and the look on his face was Christina must be really bad because I looked really really bad anyway it was a very scary time in our lives of um, not sure of anything and um, scary and wondering what was next. Thank you. Thank you, Mom, for sharing that. Um, again, it's very, it's very, um, as weird as it sounds to say cool, but it's very cool to hear um, all different sides and time frames and stuff like that so I'm going to hand it over to my older brother Colin here you go all right thank you um yeah it's funny you say hear all different sides my side is much different than um everyone else's because I wasn't there and I didn't um I didn't ever go to Orlando while you had that episode so everything that I heard was like second hand or third hand in the few minutes that someone would step away to call me or take a call from me because at that time it's funny to say now but not everybody had cell phones at that time you're pretty old sorry <laughs> but not everyone had cell phones and they did not allow cell phones it was strict inside hospitals so I was getting very small pieces of information um, for me the way it affected me though is that um, yeah, there was like a big fear-based portion of it, but I didn't get to talk to you for like a, like a full week about it. All I heard was mom saying, like, oh my God, like she kept saying death and dying and she was, she was very worried and it was like a life and death scare situation. And all I was sitting on was, well, she didn't die and she's alive and she's gonna be okay. She had a seizure and lots of people have seizures. Um, it's not going to be easy because this is probably the first of many, but she didn't die. Let's be thankful for that. Let's look at the silver lining and the, the, the happy days um, about that. Um, but it was different than any experience I'd ever had. I was pretty young at that time. You were 12, so I was like 15. I was 16, so I was driving. But I was taking classes down here. It was over the summer, and I was basically home alone. My grandmother came over a couple of times, but I was trying to take care of the house and I was forced to feed myself. And it was, it was not to bring it back to me, but it was a lot of like alone time by myself thinking about what the heck is going on up there and getting small bits and pieces of information. So uh, like everybody else, it was, it was a lot of fear, but it was um, mostly like thankfulness that it wasn't like a catastrophic, deadly event. Thank you, Colin. Um, and 
through every season, through every situation, there's always, if I've learned anything in my Christian walk, um, one of the main things is that there's always something to be thankful for. Um, and I'm going to hand it over now to my dad. All right, dad's last. Always. Anyway, <clears throat> when I got the phone call from uh, Debbie, I was... Uh, didn't quite know how to understand how to accept it but uh, I was panicked because she was panicked on the other end so I I, uh, I uh, uh, gathered my thoughts and drove up there to Orlando and met them at uh, Florida Hospital in Orlando and didn't really understand what was going on um, we'd had uh, the the road from prenatal indications through now that uh, there are some issues and, and and that we would have to, uh, with God's help, overcome them and uh, and uh, just uh, deal with them. At any rate, uh, <clears throat> after we got there, it was uh, kind of a just a mess up there at the hospital and. Uh, we dealt with it and finally got her home and uh, uh, we we've moved forward and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go forward from there thanks thanks dad and thank you guys for sharing um, your journeys on that one I was really impacted and thankful that you guys took the care the courage to take the time to share that with all of our um, all things podcast family and myself um, we have one last question for you guys, and it is, how did you feel or react when I got the diagnosis with DeGeorge syndrome? And I'm going to hand it back over to my older sister, Tanya. Hi. <laughs> um, so, well, I guess a little bit of relief that we knew what it was, even though I had no clue what it was. Um, hearing that you had DeGeorge syndrome, yes, again, there was some relief, but in the other hand, there really wasn't that much relief because still didn't understand what it was, how you got it, why you got it, um, how do you fix it, and if you don't fix it, then how do you live with it? Like, there were still so many questions. But at least, you know, it it was a little bit easier on the mind because there was a name to it. And that's a little bit easier for me. It was a little easier to handle and helped me calm a little bit more. And my panic attacks didn't really go away yet, but I was starting to be able to get them under control because things were starting to come more into, under control, um, at least by knowing what it is. It was a step forward in the right direction. So for me, I, it, it made me feel a little better. Not a lot, but a little. <laughs> Amen to that. Thank you, Tanya. Um, and I know early diagnosis and early intervention is key, and um, that's what just makes awareness even more um, pivotal um, in these journeys. And I'm going to hand it over to my brother, Colin. 
Oh, I didn't know I was next. So, um, I actually, I thought about this for the past week. This is the, this is kind of the prompt that you gave me. And I wasn't, uh, I didn't immediately remember getting this information about DeGeorge syndrome. Um, the thing I do remember is when mom reminded me that I was in denial, like, oh, this can't be it. This can't be it. This, this is terrible. Nobody knows anything about it. It's too new. Um, so that didn't even jog my memory, but it sounds like me. But what I, what I will say is that in subsequent conversations about DeGeorge syndrome, it definitely changed the way, um, and I, I, it goes along with the first one too, but more so with the uh, with the DeGeorge syndrome, is it changed the way I thought about Christina and how like safe she is. So this DeGeorge syndrome definitely had tr- like traces of like unpredictability. You don't know when these levels are going to happen. You don't know when a spike or a, or a drop is going to cause a seizure or even any other, you know extra symptoms with gallbladders and pancreas and kidneys and things so it was more of a um, like a be on alert type feeling that it that it sparked with me it wasn't any like freak out fear or anything yeah it was a little bit of elation because we have uh, you know something to sink our teeth into now we've got something real that you can you know push down the road on and learn more and and study and track but um, and actually I guess one of the benefits I've seen that has come out of that is the community associated with it. Is that if you don't have any questions, you're just out there lost in in space. But if you have actual um, diagnosis, you've got a community you can reach out to and and uh, connect with. And I think that's been a benefit down the road too. I've been able to meet the 22Q people up in Philly when I moved, when I was living there, and it was it was a good crew. Thank you, Colin, for sharing. Um, Yes, community is very important when you're walking through life and they just help encourage you and lift you up and- Running through life. Running through life and um, community is definitely a game changer. And I'm gonna hand it over to my mom. Hello again. Um, The diagnosis kind of was good and bad, but good in the way that we finally figured out, we finally uh, had a, a diagnosis, and which changed the whole way we were dealing with things with her at that time from, like Christina said, the 22Q family. Um, we still were kind of lost, but we didn't really get to meet to really know enough until we went to uh, a convention in Orlando that gave us, open the doors. It gave us so much information and we met so many other people that were all in the same boat with us that it was like, oh my goodness, we have other people to talk to about that. So yes, it's been um, quite a road that we've had even up to today, but we're um, so thankful for the people that helped us along the way. Definitely happy for family that 
have all stuck together and all had the same concerns and understand, I guess, with us. So, um, yes, it was scary, but like Christina would tell you, a blessing also because um, we've been able to help people. We've been able to um, relate to people and help other young families. Thank you. Thank you, Mom. Um, yes, and going back to blessing, I always say, if you hear me share my story, I will always say my health is the greatest blessing in my life, but it is also the greatest challenge in my life. And I go dive deeper into that little quote saying um, in my YouTube video when I share the entirety of my story. And last but certainly not least is my dad. Yeah, here's dad again. <clears throat> How did I feel or react when she got the diagnosis or when we got the diagnosis? <clears throat> I think my son touched on this that uh, there was maybe some denial. Uh, couldn't believe it. Uh, didn't understand it. And that's probably the biggest thing is that I didn't understand it. I didn't accept it. I definitely didn't accept it. And <clears throat> I'm not very proud of this, but I was not very supportive of the diagnosis at first. It took me a couple of years to uh, to understand and accept what was going on. Um, I knew uh, spent 15 years dealing with with my daughter's uh, uh, issues. I, I, I hate to call them issues, but with my daughter's uh, 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 issues. There I go. Uh, uh, and, you know, when we finally got a diagnosis, I was like, are you kidding me? Come on. Can't be. So anyway, we're beyond that. And uh, I finally got on board. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm definitely proud of my daughter and what she's done. I'm definitely uh, on board with... with with what we need to do. Uh, my, my main concern today is for myself uh, that, you know, I'm, we're, we're all getting older and I just uh, want to make sure that everybody is intact for the next uh, 20, 30 years. And uh, I, I know that my daughter's faith is strong and it needs to maintain that. And uh, because uh, her faith in Jesus is going to carry her forward, as it's going to carry me forward, I hope. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I'm not very proud of uh, the fact that I, I didn't buy into it at first. And uh, I apologize to my wife and my daughter for that. But uh, uh, here we are in a great podcast uh, and uh, we got us all together. We're all in the same room. <laughs> Believe it or not, and we're not fighting, and the poor dog is outside whining. <laughs> anyway, thanks all. Thank you, Dad, and thank you guys again for um, taking that brave step and act of courage to go back into such a dark time in all of our lives. And. Again, I really encourage all those families out there. It doesn't just have to be 22Q. Um, it can be anything related um, 
that you guys haven't visited or talked to. I hope this encourages you guys to sit down and talk with your families and your loved ones. And we always like to end our podcasts with a devotional and a prayer. So today's devotional is called A Miracle in the Making. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the sea into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground, with walls of water on each side. That comes from Exodus chapter 14, verses 21 to 22. A love letter from God. Beloved daughter, I am always with you. There may be times when you think I am not present. The enemy is the master of creating illusions of hopelessness. My love, and he will try to trap you. But when you feel trapped, I will create a way of escape for you. It is when you are staring at a dead end that my miracles begin. Just as I parted the the sea for my people when Moses led them I can I can use supernatural means to show you I am here now is not the time to give up your faith give me a chance to do for you what you cannot do for yourself love your heavenly father the reflection what appears to be the end of hope may very well be the beginning of a miracle when you're standing before the sea of hopelessness rely on God to part it for you as he did for his people long ago and the treasure of truth it is when you are staring at a dead end that god's miracles begin i'm going to read that treasure of truth one more time it is when you are staring at a dead end that god's miracles begin and we are going to say a quick closing prayer dear lord we thank you for all the miracles that are in the making the miracles that you have performed and the miracles that you are about to perform. We thank you for this time together to bring um, awareness to DeGeorge Syndrome and um, to bring your word into truth. And it's in your name we pray, amen.